Welcome to The Positive Effect. My name's April Sobral, and I am the founder of RetailU.ca and the author of The Positive Effect, a retail leader's guide to changing the world. I've had an amazing 25-year career in retail where I've traveled across the globe. I have worked and inspired thousands of leaders. And in this weekly podcast, I bring to you my retail friends and network conversations that will inspire you and encourage you to further your career in retail or beyond. We talk about leadership lessons learned and tips and tricks that can help you be a successful leader. So get ready to be inspired. And if you're looking for more leadership development, sign up at www.retailu.ca. And I'll see you on a live call soon. All right, we are live. It's uh, We're back with the Positive Effect weekly broadcast. Um, and I'm so excited today to have Morale. I'm going to get your last name right, Kasam Jian. Did I say it right? Okay, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Hi, April. Hi, everybody. Hi, how are you? It's so good to have you on our weekly broadcast. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to reconnect with you and to discuss. I know we have so many interesting things to share. So very excited. Yeah. Yeah. So before we jump into it, um, I'm just going to set us up. So if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, put your name in the chat where you're coming from, because we have an amazing international retail, you know, um, uh, network now that's kind of following this every week. And also, if you're coming back, thank you very much for joining us uh, again. And um, this is going to be turned into a podcast on Apple Podcasts now as well afterwards, so you'll be able to follow along um, if you miss this broadcast. Um, my name is April Sobral. I'm the founder of Revalue and the author of a book called The Positive Effect. Um, hi, Ron. I see you just jumping on. Nice to see you. Um, and, you know, every week we jump on here and have a conversation about really retail leadership and all things that, you know, I absolutely love about this industry. And I have an amazing network. Um, of people that I've worked with or new leaders that I've just met in the last year. And so, you know, these are great conversations. So I'm going to ask you that if you find this, please share it in your feed with as many people as you can, because they're mentorship conversations with amazing leaders like Morale that you just wouldn't normally hear. So I'm, I'm just going to ask you to keep sharing it. So with that, Morale, um, it's all about you today and asking you a ton of questions um, because you know, I met you when we were working at David's Tea. Um, we worked extremely closely. And uh, so we're going to get into that and HR and operations and how do we make that better? Because, you know, we did a good job of it, I think. <laughs> um, but before we get into that, I always love to ask people like, you know, how did you um, choose your career? How did you fall into it? And then how did you choose the retail lane, right, as part of your yeah. career? Because it's a really interesting conversation because retail is such a big industry, but it's always seen as not necessarily an industry that people choose. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'd love to hear, you know, have you share that? 
Absolutely. So um, I love retail. <laughs> I've been in and out of retail, uh, you know, a couple of times um, because I, I really believe in going and getting the experiences that you need at that stage in your life so that you can keep completing your experience and keep growing. Um, I got into retail a little bit by fluke, I have to say, but I'm so grateful and so thankful that I did because it's been the best school for me. Um, so I was very involved at university as a student. And so there was this networking cocktail with a bunch of employers who were going to show up and who needed students. Um, and I fell on this wonderful leader um, at the booth that Home Depot Canada had. And um, we connected and she said, let's talk. I interviewed, I got hired as her assistant. And then my passion for HR and retail really like solidified with my experience there. Um, and I grew, I grew with the organization, uh, you know, and they gave, they opened doors for me. I worked very hard, <laughs> but it was a wonderful learning experience. And the beauty about retail is that you're in the heart of the action, right? Um, everything you do impacts the bottom line, everything who you hire, you know, how you treat them, their engagement, health and safety, um, the, the training and knowledge that you give them because you give them that ability to go and sell on the floor. So the beauty of retail um, is that your impact is immediate and it's on the bottom line, which is not something that you find in many industries. Um, and it's, it's just a world of opportunities. So I'm, I'm all for starting in retail, continuing in retail, growing in retail, and doing whatever you need to do to just keep, you know, expanding your knowledge and your experience. So then you started with um, Home Depot and you you went into HR, right? You started and yes. then you, you grew into different roles. Yes. Uh, and then I met you at David's Tea where you were hired to like lead all of, uh, David's Tea, we were working really, really closely together. Like you were leading the HR business partners, I think, right? Correct, correct, yeah. Right. So I was leading the uh, field HR team right. and I was just getting out of um, the aerospace industry. So after Home Depot, I went into manufacturing and aerospace as an HR business partner there. And there I was exposed to change management, global mobility, uh, organizational development, restructuring and all these kinds of things that I was able to bring into my role at David's team uh, because there it was all about structuring and you know putting formal processes in place problem solving creating those partnerships and a lot of change management because you know this we both went through putting a lot of new things in place as yeah. the company was expanding I think yeah. the company was about seven years old when we joined yeah and so you know we were getting ready for IPO, new stores, we were shifting to a, a sales culture, um, we were implementing leadership programs. And so our partnership was super important to make sure that, you know, we were aligned and yeah. to make sure that we could succeed as, as, as a team and as an organization. So before we, we jump into a very important conversation tactically about how HR and operations work better together, because there's always like this, this push and pull between these two departments, even though they work so close together and our experience mm -hmm. is in Canada, so it could be a little bit different in the US, but pretty much it's, you know, you work for international companies, I've worked for international companies, so it, it all comes back to relationships. But like, I want to want you to share like any you know, pivotal moments or any like successes and or things that you learned throughout your career that people could like learn from you that could take away and be like, oh, that's a really good lesson learned. I could think about that and apply that because I think through like what you just shared, your career growth 
in retail and in HR, working with operations teams, it's like you must have had some real, well, maybe not in retail, maybe in your other industries, but you've had some real pivotal moments and probably some some things in your career where you've like, yeah, I did that. I learned that. Or like, it was a big lesson learned. So can you share any of those? Can you think of any of those? Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to think of your career as you're, <clears throat> you're responsible for it, right? So every position I've taken has benefited me and has benefited the organization. So I think you need to be very aligned with what your mandates are in every organization. And so that's what I did. I just made sure that every mandate I took on was as you know, developmental for me as it was useful for the organization. So can you think of an example of that then? What do you, what do you mean when you say that? So when I joined David's team, it was a beautiful opportunity for me to come in and take all the experiences that I've had in the past years and be able to implement something from scratch, you know, mm-hmm. whereas all the other organizations I had worked for already had established HR departments, established practices, which was beautiful because I learned from them. And then I was able right. to really make something of my own with David's tea, with something that really respected the David's tea culture and the way of doing things. So. What what leaders have you worked for in your career that, or maybe you don't want to name them, but like a piece of advice. So I love always asking leaders this question, <laughs> like a piece of advice that somebody gave you that was really pivotal to you that you hold on to and that has kind of shaped your leadership style. Yeah, so many, <laughs> so many. Uh, I've got two that come to mind. One of them is, um, it was sent to me in French. I'm, I'm going to translate it roughly in English, but it was a wonderful VP of HR at Bombardier Aerospace. And she said, you know, go slow. You're going to end up going faster at the end. And so what that means is, you know, take your time, reflect, analyze, assess, you know, get the facts properly understand a situation before you jump into conclusions, especially if the impact is going to be substantial. Um, And so I really, I I always keep that in mind. And of course, that doesn't mean you should take, you know, five days to get back to somebody or whatever. But I think, you know, remain timely in your solutions. But it's super important to be able to um, take well thought out decisions, especially in retail, where it's extremely fast paced, and you're thinking on your feet, and you have to you know, implement solutions quickly. Um, but how quick is too quick, right? And you operations really- teams are always like, I want the answer yesterday from the yes. HR team. Yes. And I think it's it's important to, to you know, to, to kind of, you know, set expectations clearly, agree on what's realistic and yeah. what's, you know, what, and what makes most sense, but to properly assess. And again, that, that, you're still going fast, but not too fast, you know, act with, take your decisions with uh, facts and to be able to, because the problem is when you launch something, when you put a change somewhere, you're, it's, it's a ripple effect. So right. if you didn't take the right decision, you've just disrupted the workflow of thousands of employees. And so, you know, what, what's the point of going so fast that you're disrupting the workflow of thousands of employees if you're going to cause another shift again? And I've, I, you know, in, in my last year, I've specialized and got certified in change management, which, you know, with ProSci, which, which is key. And, 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 you know, I've had to manage change all throughout my career. But with ProSci, it's really clear and the methodology is very clear in terms of the consequences of poorly managed change, you know, are huge. 
we're talking costs, we're talking engage, employee engagement, we're talking, you know, there are ripple effects. And I think we, you need to make sure that, you know, um, that what you're putting in place makes sense and is well thought out. So that's mm -hmm. definitely one that I retain that is applicable in multiple facets. Oh, yeah. Okay, what's the second one? The second one, <laughs> the second one was really putting things in perspective. You know, I think this was said to me very, very early on in my career. I was 19 when I started in in, uh, in HR at, and I was store-based, right? And it's one of those things where leaders just knock on your door and want an answer. And I'm just going, whoa, like I need to think about this. Um, and so, you know, things aren't dramatic. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, there's always a solution. There's always a way to communicate whatever needs to be said, you know, you choose the right words, the right tone, the right setting, the time and everything. Yeah. Um, and I think when you take a huge step back and you put things in perspective, then everything seems de-dramatized, simple. And uh, if you've worked for me, you know that I've said this on repeat, put, it, put things in perspective. <laughs> Um, if you've worked with me, I've said it too. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's really about just taking a step back, calming down and, and just moving forward. And yeah. it's very feasible. I've heard you say that on many of <laughs> I tell you, it's very helpful because with sales and operations leaders, especially field, I mean, that's where I come from. It's like, you know, we're, we're managed to a sales number every day. So this um reactionary feeling of like driving results or having to deliver results is a very in the moment thing because every yeah. customer interaction can change your day in a positive way or negative way which has a ripple effect further down the line if they had a good experience or a bad experience mm -hmm. but in that moment we're trying to drive results so a lot of sales and operations leaders you're looking for a results driver which is yeah. in complete contradiction with what you just shared. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to balance, balance it out, right? I right. think it's, it's uh, you can make any change happen as long as you create the awareness and the why and people yeah. understand and create that engagement, which you are very good at, April, um, at, at, at communicating, you know, and, and that's why I think we worked well together because we were very aligned on communicating properly and launching things properly from the get-go to make sure that it ran smoothly, you know? Yeah, well, that's because you would slow me down a bit, though. Too. <laughs> so that's where that partnership comes in, because me, I'm a little bit faster than people. And I, I know that sometimes I can be too fast. And so that's where I would really rely on, you know, leaders like yourself and those partnerships to really be that thinking brain. Like I always saw like my HR, like you specifically as like, my counsel it's like i have this idea i want to do this you know we want to launch this or we're thinking about solving this problem but like and then my immediate thought goes okay okay who's my counsel around me who's my you know my board my team my board members my you know that i can go to if i was sitting around a board table and and you would always be that person that i would go to and have that counsel like to actually have the discussion with, which I always really appreciated. And I think that that is a big opportunity that I see um, in terms of HR and operations working together. So what is the role of a HR, you know, in, in retail, in your perspective, um, yeah. working, you know, in operate, let's say operations in the field, because there's corporate and there's, there's two different ways of looking at it. And yeah. specifically like now, I mean, I know that you're a big advocate for change and changing HR, how it's been viewed and where it's going. So what is the role of HR, do you feel? 
You know, um, so that answer can go on for so, so long, but very briefly, I think it's about, you know, being being in the moment and both being in the moment, but also being able to project sort of where the impact of the decisions of operations of where the core where the company is, is going. I think it's all about being an advocate and being the voice of the employee and sort of Put, bringing another perspective, uh, which is detached a little bit from operations, which sort of highlights the reality of the employees or the consequence of the decision on the employees mm. to bring that perspective, you know. Um, and I think, of course, we have multiple hats that we're wearing. There's the oper HR operational excellence, where you really have to make sure all the administrative stuff gets done, you know, uh, whatever is, is operationally required for the employee to be hired and, and succeed in the organization. Then there's the talent management portion where you're, we're, we're supporting, you know, regional managers or, or whoever, all lead, leaders in the field yeah. to make sure their employees are growing and getting the training that they need and that what we're doing is still relevant. So just assessing competitiveness there too. Um, there's the strategy portion, which is, we're not just talking about today, but especially when an organization is growing, what are we putting in place to make sure that we're still relevant from a talent perspective, from an employee, um, you know, branding perspective too of what we're offering the employees? How do we make sure it's competitive and it will make sense down the line? Uh, but also, you know, looking at asking a lot of questions, being very present, which is, I think, one of the reasons why our partnerships work very well. I think we're very present, and I, I think that you know, if, if there are any HR you know, leaders listening in, I think for me it was very important to not wait to be invited to meetings, but to show up, you know? Yeah, you and, 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 <laughs> yeah and, and you know, and it, it wasn't one of those, I'll just wait for them to call me because if they don't know what you can bring to the table, why will they call you, you know? Right. So I think it's, it's really important to um, sort of make sure that you're welcomed in the space, but to be welcomed in the space, you have to gain your credibility by listening asking questions, understanding what it is that field leaders are prioritizing and what they need so that your HR strategy for the next three years is aligned and makes sense and it's, it's, you're missing some key pieces to where the company is trying to go. To go. So, yeah. yeah. Tactically, <clears throat> tactically, like if you're watching this and you're thinking, you know, I'd love a better relation, you're in HR and you're like, how do I build this bridge? Because there's a lot of silos that yeah. happens, unfortunately. One of the tactical things we did together is when I had my regional directors together, because we did quarterly um, planning sessions, right, where we were, yeah. because we were in growth mode. So, you know, I, I was like, it's great to have a five-year plan, but really five-year plans right now just don't exist. They're out of the window, because look at what happened yeah. last year. But we were exactly. meeting on a, right, on a quarterly basis, and we would always have you in that regional uh, kind of quarterly meeting where we were planning out things um, and then if we had our strategic plan, we were like, okay, this was our year plan, but, you know, we're reviewing the quarter. We would say, okay, you know, morale, your team, like, how does this mesh with what the company's objectives are or what you want to achieve? And then, like, is this tactically realistic? How yeah. does that help guide the decisions or the spend that we want to do? And you were in those meetings along with training. So I always had yeah. HR training operations together in those quarterly meetings because I just felt like, if we're not on the same page, then how do you coach your business partners to support okay. us, right? 100%. And I think that's one of the key things that we did really well together, you know, is that to always 
you know, be aligned, uh, you be in each other's meetings. You know, we had our weekly touch points. We were uh, aligned on our priorities. We toured the country together. Like we, yes. we, we went on, you know, um, store visits together. Um, and I think, you know, it, it's about making the effort to understand, right? Like I, I, I'd like to think that I make the, I made an effort to go into stores and to understand operationally what was happening, what our customers wanted. I read customer surveys because I wanted to understand what they were saying about our employee services so that we could hire better, so that we could train better. Um, So I think it's, it's all about putting in the effort to get more understanding. And the first thing I did when I got to David's Tea was really asking you know, I, I knew what my mandate was. It was to build, you know, HR policies and, and just the team and make sure the HRBP role was created. But in order to do that, I got on the phone with all of the leaders across Canada to, to make sure that I understood what their needs were um, and not go with my gut feeling or what I thought was was needed, you know? So that yeah. validation, the questions, the check-ins, very key. Yeah, it's key. Communication across all levels. And I think... That was probably one of the HR partnerships when I had it with you was probably the best execute in terms of working together and not in a silo. Um, But also, like you said, you would put yourself in, you would always be like, okay, what are you doing? What are you working on? (laughs) When are you guys meeting? Oh, I could be there or I could come um, and like do some store visits. I think that's really important because that's how you bridge that gap. That's how you understand. And I think more now than ever, this is going to be even more critical, right, with where we've yeah. been in the last year to get people back into understand because things have changed in the last year. What employees want um, are changing going forwards in the future. It's, it's hard hiring people right now, I know, yeah. in retail, right? So Yeah, it's hard hiring people. It's hard retaining people. Um, but I think that, you know, everything is feasible with, you know, clear communication and understanding of what the employees want. You know, I think with even even with other industries trying to figure out, you know, whether they should, you know, bring their employees back to the office or have them continue working from home. There's a challenge there, too, where, in my opinion, the best thing to do is really to just ask your employees, yeah. talk to them, launch <laughs> surveys, get input. Um at the end of the day, they're either going to quit if you force them to come back to the office because that's not what they wanted, and that's a lose-lose situation, or they're going to be super happy and good for you. But why not be prepared and have the information beforehand before you take any of, the, of these decisions? So right. have them participate in your solutions. So in terms of um, you know, HR, human resources, why did you choose that as a career just out of interest? I don't think I ever asked you that. Like No. <laughs> I'm a people person. I love people, you know, and I and I just and I've always had leadership in me since I was a kid. I was involved in every association you can think about. So for me, um, it was really important to be able to represent people, and I have uh, it's easy for me to connect with people. So I think, uh, and I, I've always been driven from, from a business perspective. I went to business school. I minored in international business. So for me, it was very important to have that marriage between HR, so the people side of of uh, you know, the business and the operations piece. Mm. Um, and I speak five languages. So for me, I, I, I just connect. <laughs> I just connect so, you know, I, I love cultures. I love uh, getting to know people. And I, um, uh, you know, uh, I 
that's it. Empathy, interest in people with a passion for driving business. So that's yeah. why I chose HR. Interesting. I know I met a HR leader a while back and I put this in the book that, and I share this all the time is that she said that, you know, if you don't have a, if you're not focused on building culture, you have one, it just probably isn't the one you want. Yeah. And I was like, that was one of those things that just stuck in my head. I'm like, oh, that is such a good one-liner, yeah. right? Just to remember that because building culture is something that we all need to be focused on. Yeah, you know, all the time, constantly by the way that we show up and the actions that we take. I know me and Ron yeah. had a big conversation about that last week. But um, in terms of the future, you know, of human resources, I mean, you said like, yeah, what the role of human resources is in HR, in HR, in operations, and you know, maybe other businesses. But how do you, what do you envision for the future of like human resources? for where it's going in terms of supporting businesses, not just the tactical things, but just like, yeah. where would you like it to see? Like my vision is I want every single employee that works in retail to feel valued. Yeah. And for every single manager in retail to be able to access affordable leadership development, mm -hmm. quality development that helps them build those skills to be a great leader. So where do you see, you know, HR going or your impact on HR even? Yeah, I think that, you know, times are changing. And for example, with my with I launched my own consulting firm, which is called Human First, you know, and I didn't choose that name for nothing. It's because, you know, it's I believe that putting your employees at the forefront of your operations and really of anything that you're designing uh, for your organization is key. So, um, you know, building partnerships with your with your HR, with the HR professionals that are with you, whether it's a team that's already present or a consultant, I think is going to be critical. I'd like to see. Um, HR professionals stop uh, trying to justify why they're there or the importance that they have. Uh, and I think that comes from you, you know, from, from how you uh, sort of, um, how much you get involved in the business and how, you know, uh, how much you're there. Um, and I think that the, with the past year that we've had, HR has played a critical role in determining what to do with employees with the whole COVID situation. I think we were at the forefront of, you know, and hand in hand with, uh, operational leaders on what to do with the employees, how to keep them engaged, communication, you know, do we have to proceed with layoffs, restructuring? And so I think more than ever, uh, HR leaders have been really in the forefront and hand in hand with operations. So I'd like to see that continue. I'd like to see, you know, um, HR sort of participate to the vision of where the organization is going and always bringing in you know, that perspective of what the employees are, are looking for. You know, we have a lot of information because we're on conferences. We have a lot of resources. We're very involved. Uh, we're very much, you know, we're aware of what the trends are. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we can help, especially in this volatile and complex and, you know, uncertain world, bring a lot of, you know, uh, clarity Mm -hmm. uh, from from the connections that we have, and we're a big network. So if if you, um, as a business leader, need information about what your competitor is doing, chances are, <laughs> from our network, we'll know you know what people are doing yeah. in other organizations. And so there's a yeah. lot of strategic uh, information that we we can, we can have access to just by our network and by talking to each other and by exchanging. By the way, so we're doing this. What are you guys doing? And then we get information, and that's sort of how you build um, information and knowledge that's too. A, yeah, that's a really great way of like building the partnership better. Like I'm just sitting here with my operations hat on, right? And I'm thinking, wow, if I actually think of you as like, not just you in the organization I'm in, 
but the network of people that you have in human resources and the yeah. conferences and all the kind of groups that you're probably more involved in than I am because I'm probably yeah. reading you know retail insider retail wire all of those retail networks every day to get that information whereas you're like tapped into other things then you may know from this HR leader what you're doing in terms of employee engagement, retention. So mm -hmm. kind of like <clears throat> if you're an operations leader, you kind of want to have that hat on <clears throat> again, excuse me. And like it's about like that advisory board or that council. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, we, there are a lot of transferable best practices from other industries that could come mm -hmm. into retail, too. You know, uh, especially in retail, uh, you know, you want to remain competitive every day every week counts um and so if you want to remain competitive you want to think outside the box you want to know what other industries are doing well sometimes we can draw you know inspiration from what other industries are doing and see if that can be applicable to the retail world too and it, it's possible you know it, to bring in other things um you know i think change management should be more present in retail proper change management, for example, which is very strong in the manufacturing world, you know, um, or, or other talent practices like succession planning, where it's extremely critical, again, in the manufacturing world, because it's technical knowledge that goes away when people retire. Well, you know, why not sort of see what's happening there and bring it over to retail? So why is it not? <clears throat> in your experience, you've worked into, you know, two pretty significant retailers with big yeah. why is it not so present? What's the challenge? <clears throat> I think it depends on the level. Uh, it depends on the level that you're uh, of positions that we're talking about. So when we're talking about leadership positions, I think it's a lot yeah. more present. I think that we accept some of the attrition at the storefront because there's only so much you can do to retain people. So because we accept a certain level percentage of attrition which i think is, is okay and it's completely normal yeah. it's not necessarily something that we'll do at that level um but I, I am seeing it more and more applied in leadership positions uh where we're taking better i mean we did it at david's tea you know yeah. where we were really focused on making sure that our talent is there and when i look back people are there you know the ones who got promoted make that makes total sense and we knew we knew they were going to be promoted and they are you know so i think yeah. it's about choosing where it makes sense to do it and putting the efforts there and yeah. then where it doesn't it's just sort of accepting the attrition or doing everything you can to minimize it of course yeah. and then letting it be yeah. and i think a lot of it is like um just you know again like you said slow down like i'm going to take that advice that you said at the beginning slow down yeah. to go, right if you're leading a district leading a region slowing down and having that time. I know that when we did work together on the leadership development of the the district managers and the regionals, and we asked them, you know, what do you do with a Monday? Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah. And like, we had like 35 different things that everybody was doing. And some people were like, I spend two hours looking at reports. And some people were yeah. like, I spend 15 minutes looking at reports. And we were like, why yeah. is there such a gap? between what this person does and that person does because you know it might take them longer they might not see that as the the benefit some people mm -hmm. are like no oh, i just take my reports and i go to store and i talk about them in stores i don't spend two hours looking at them i spend two hours talking to people on a phone or i spend two hours assessing where i'm going to move people around so i think that in itself <laughs> that exercise then we did that i was like whoa like we just yeah. saw what everybody's doing differently but that again, it's like that, that's developing that level of leadership so that we know what they're doing with their time and then their focus becomes succession planning instead of okay. something else. Like I used to know, I used to be in business and be like, show me your outbox, outbox in your outlook and show me your calendar. And it mm -hmm. wasn't because I was micromanaging, 
I was just like, I just want to know where you're spending your time so I can help you develop people as opposed yeah. to doing things you shouldn't be doing because you can yeah. develop people to do them, yeah. right? Things like yeah. that. So yeah, and, and it's like you did. It's it's taking the time to have an impact individually, one on one with your you know with your employees, which I think has been very difficult for managers in the past year because there have been a million priorities of things to manage, and so some people have dropped their one on ones, some people have dropped their check ins. So, you know, I, I think it's really important to keep those going um, yeah. because more than ever we're focused on empathy, listening, flexibility. Uh, I mean, we've just gone through a crazy year and. It's, it's sort of slowing down, hopefully. But, you know, I think it's, it's, it's really, you don't lose anything by listening, but you lose a lot by not keeping that connection there. Because at the end of the day, the employees, yes, they're married into the culture of the organization and they adhere to it and they love it, but they also look for that relationship with their manager and that the trust, the confidence, um, and if it's not there, then, then that's a huge impact on, on uh, turnover. You know, yeah, so people work. People work for people, right? Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. yeah, those check-ins do need to come back, and they do need to be important. So yeah. we're it's tw- it's it's already half an hour. <laughs> These conversations go so fast. So um, you know, we're going to start wrapping up in a minute. But like, is there anything that you didn't share that you'd love to share with our audience? Just to wrap up, you know, like maybe there's a question I didn't answer, and you're like, oh, I'd love to share that. Honestly, I would just say, I know it's a tough market in terms of jobs if you're looking for a job, um, but don't give up because I've I've spoken to a lot of people lately who are looking for a job or who need a change. Um, There are too many positions that are open right now with not enough qualified candidates to fill them. So don't give up, you know? Um, And it's important that when you're choosing your next position that you interview the company just as much as they're interviewing you. Um, If you're making a change, make sure that you're comfortable, uh, make sure that, you know, there's a fit there for you and make sure that, like I said, it's pivotal for you and that you're gaining something out of it as well for your career and that's helping you progress. So hang in there and uh and yeah stay positive that's my positive stay positive um yeah and just maintain those relationships right because you just never know where somebody's going to pop up as well you know it's like i always say you know stay positive stay connected because you know some people are just like you know you get these people that just call you when they need something and you're like well you know (laughs) like like add value and see if you can help me with something too so like stay connected and and don't (laughs) give up them there's always something for everybody right might it's just true. Not be the right role so yeah. oh thank you so much i miss working with you you were like <laughs> the best hr leaders partnerships we'd ever had and i think it was just so because of the tactical practical actions that we kind of shared a little bit so i hope that all of you um you know listening to this can actually take away some of those practical tactical actions that me and morale actually had in place when we were working together because we you know it is really important that we break down those silos and that human resources and operations can work really closely together um and sometimes they're going to slow us down so that we can go fast and i always <laughs> say that you know i see that as a positive thing not as a negative thing because it just you know in, when you're in the heat of the of the emotion you're trying to deal with people uh, we can all make decisions that later on, like you said, can have a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. So super yeah. important. Well, the feeling was mutual. I loved working with you too. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And yeah, thanks for having me. It's always wonderful discussing with you.
All right. So if you see this in your feed, I'm going to say again, share it. Um, share it when you see this come up so that as many people um, as can can get access to this. And we just thank you very much for, for joining us every week. And that wraps up another weekly broadcast. So we'll see you next week. Bye, Morel. Bye, Bye-bye. everybody. Bye, everybody.